0: Welcome to the Game Deflators Podcast, episode 43. My name's John,
1: and here's Ryan with a quip about our game from this week. Hey, everybody here at the Game Deflators Podcast, we like to talk about games we've recently picked up, games we're currently playing, and tonight we're going to leave it all out on the ice with the Inflation Deflation Challenge. I'll have you know, I left it all on the ice, you just lost. Yeah, yeah. that's really what I I left my
0: dignity, I left it all on the ice, John. The only thing you won was a fight. And I beat you in a fight, too, so I just kind of nulled it out. Yep. Yeah. Well, Ryan, it seems like on a weekly basis here, you don't have pickups. I'm disappointed.
1: No, I know, but I am finally going to get the... uh, I've been waiting. I know I've been talking about it, but I've been waiting to do that whole Gamefly thing because Astral Chain comes out next week. So I figure I could probably beat, well... Not would you, beat, you could test it. Well, no, I, I will play Astral Chain, but I think I'm definitely going to be done with Zone of the Enders by next week. But we'll get into that in a minute. What'd you pick up? So uh, as all Americans
0: this, this week, uh, I picked up Collection of Mana on the Nintendo Switch. So I got a physical copy uh, versus all that crappy digital stuff that's out there. And it looks pretty sweet, dude. Uh, I am kind of upset that I paid the extra, uh, say what you want about me, but, you know, Amazon has it at 33 bucks With free shipping, I picked it up at GameStop after everything. My pre-order came to like, $43. So I paid an extra 10 bucks for it. No big deal, though. Got it in hand right away. Didn't have to worry about, you know, losing it to somebody stealing it at my door or anything along the lines. Are you play it right away? Of course not. But that's, dude, that game's not going to go down, like, significantly. That's a title that should stay at that $35, $40 range. It's a Nintendo game. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, I don't pick up games like that on, say, a PlayStation 4 because it's generally going to, you know, stay at the same price point. So I don't know, man. We'll see if it stays, but I think it will. And uh, one other thing I'm looking at, man. So obviously I picked up um, the Radical Dreamers uh, cart that is on a Super Nintendo. And I'm still waiting for that to come in. I think as of yesterday it was in Los Angeles. So really quick shipping actually from this guy on uh, Etsy. But I have really started looking at a lot of repro carts and I'm finding a greater interest in it. So I'm actually potentially going to get a copy of Terra Enigma as well pretty soon. It's like $18 for a repro cart why not and the quality looks pretty high end i mean i've made labels myself for super nintendo games and n64 and other titles um as replacement labels for you know ones that are damaged and uh i've seen some of the the copies of Terra Enigma on ebay and etsy and everywhere else and it's a cheap price point under 20 bucks i mean why not it's supposed to be a 10 out of 10 game all around i think it might be worth giving it a shot so i think that's gonna be my next pickup so there you go keep, keep your ears out And uh, I see you have something on our outline here for a pickup.
1: What did you you buy or what did you do? This week I did my first time ever going in and opening up a video game thing other than to put new batteries in. So that problem I had with my uh, PS3 controller, I went ahead and fixed that. I opened it up, got everything out of there, put a couple little pieces of paper under that... Rubbery part that lost some of its rubbery sponginess, mm-hmm. and it worked totally good. So I was able to go back in. I played some more Zone of the Enders. I'm about three and a half hours in. It says it's only five hours to beat, so I'll definitely be done next time I sit down to play it for a little while. And so with your controller, though, so you literally
0: put a piece of paper. Yeah, I just the... cut
1: two little tiny strips of paper, put them underneath this, like maybe half inch long by a quarter-inch wide piece of rubber that just sits there and holds a yeah, contact but- ribbon in place. So I just stuck that underneath there. And it seriously worked? Yeah. I've never heard of that. Yeah. Huh. I just, I, the guy said, he suggested using sticker so it wouldn't move around, but I mean, I think it'll be fine. So that's because your buttons had like some crazy, like they were
0: inputting things that you, you just were pressing? You could squeeze just the body of the controller and it would just randomly input stuff. I think I'm having that issue too. Like my, and it isn't my joystick. I think it's my D-pad. I'm having issues where it's like the D-pad's going up and down and selecting
1: things automatically for me. Yeah, this was me. this was my D-pad and my what? What do you call the buttons? Just the button pad? I guess. Like face buttons. I guess. It's yeah. My square, X, triangle, and circle yeah, buttons. Yeah, but I mean, even triggers and stuff because they're all on this one little contact ribbon. So if there's some fluctuation in there, I mean that just that's what generates the inputs i guess i don't know
0: i really wonder if that's what's going on with my controller it took me
1: like less than the whole video so i'm going to shout out this was on uh, global garage he made this video back in 2016 and i just searched for ps3 controller random inputs it was like the first video that came up super helpful it's like a 14 minute video it took me about that long including like going and getting my tools from the garage nice Okay, and then you said you're playing ZOE, obviously, still? Yeah, and then uh, since I beat uh, Zone of the Enders Fist of Mars on my Game Boy... Did we talk about that last week? uh, About you actually completing it? About me actually finishing it? Yeah. Did we? I don't remember. Well, I did it. Okay. Well, that's one out of three. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's super cool getting into the original Zone of the Enders after beating that one now, because I'm seeing all the similar stuff because these are all three uh konami games and they're like associated with kojima and to see like kind of how the story and some of the pieces and the references and understanding who some of these entities are like what is an lev what is an of you know i know a lot more of the lingo having played the rpg that's twice as long as both the other games you know so I'm uh I'm really liking it. It's really quick snappy combat now that the controller's working good. I I don't know it, not a whole lot to say until I finish it up and I'll have more to say next week, but at least pretty decent. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm having okay. a great time. It brings back so many memories I I've played this a few times and only beaten it once. When I was like a kid and I first got it. Yeah. But it still looks as cool. I really like all the designs. I like the controls are pretty good. I'm really excited now to get into the second one. And then I'm really excited to await Demon X Machina coming out. And I'll probably go back and play the demo for that again. Just to get back into it. Because I really am liking the mecha genre. I'm gonna stick with that a little bit. But on the other hand, I picked up a new Game Boy game to play. I'm playing um what is it? Golden Sun. Yeah. Oh yeah, you had mentioned that yeah, the other day. Golden Sun. It's uh I I barely started it. Like I'm still in the opening town. I just kinda am picking it up and playing it wherever I am. You know, if I'm waiting at the store in line or something, I'll just bust it out real quick. And um It's a lot of fun. I played that game a ton when I was a kid too. The completionist just did a video on it which inspired me to go ahead and play it. I'm just trying to make sure that I play it a little bit every day so that I don't forget about it and get totally lost but it's definitely not going to be like my main game. I expect it's going to take me a while to get through. Gotcha. And, you know, actually, uh,
0: speaking of Kojima, when you mentioned that, the first thing I thought about was urine mechanics in uh, his
1: Death new game. Draining. Stranding. Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. Apparently, you could pee and create mushrooms. Well, and apparently something will happen if enough people get together and asynchronously pee in the same place. <laughs> I'm so excited for that game, man.
0: I mean, it's just... Yeah. His, his mind is all over the place. So it's going to be awesome. Uh, so, as far as what I'm playing... I beat Donkey Kong Country 3 with my wife. We got 103%. Uh, so the Queen Banana Bird was rescued. And we went ahead and um, rescued all the Banana Birds. And, of course, beat King K. Rule um, under the... Uh, let's see. So we beat him in his submarine, the Nautilus. And we also, obviously, beat his disguise of... Um, God, what's the name? Dr. Franken Rule or something? I don't remember, dude. Um, love the game. I just obviously enjoy for the gameplay more than a story yeah so uh after that uh we really got in the mood to play like some banjo kazooie and i didn't want to play banjo kazooie but i remembered i had ukulele on the ps4 so we booted that up dude that is a phenomenal game Mm -hmm. we have enjoyed every moment i don't know why it's got like a 7 out of 10 i guess it's not poor reviews but Everybody I've talked to or mentioned it to that has played it is like, yeah, it's amazing. Like, it's a great game. And it's pretty much like Banjo-Kazooie Part 2, in a sense. Like, everybody says Spirituals. Would it be Part
1: 3? Isn't there no, already a banjo
0: 2 no. uh, Let's not say Part 2. Let's say Version 2. So, basically, instead of Jiggies, you have Pages. The music is pretty much exactly the same. You have to collect X amount of pages within a level with various tasks and such. Collect instead of, I think you had to collect 100 notes in Banjo-Kazooie. This one you collect 200 quills. Yeah, it's, 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 it's another big collect-a-thon yeah, it's adventure. a collect-a-thon, but it's it's very much, um, I don't know, it's a great experience, man. I've enjoyed every moment of it so far. And we've already beat the first two worlds, completed them 100%. And uh, we're currently working on World 3. She's probably working on it right now, actually. And yeah, I'm enjoying this. There's five levels, pretty quick game to beat, really liking it. And I'm super stoked for the second one that's coming out. And uh, outside of that, I am still playing and 2. With and 2, I put in another, I'd say about three, four hours over the last week or so unlocked some new characters got into some new parts of the game uh, fell asleep while in the middle of playing it the other day so i ended up just turning it off so i didn't add on an extra two hours and yeah dude story just as good as it's been the entire time character development sweet. i'm not a big fan of getting all 108 characters but i'm still pushing through it and i don't remember if i called it out but there's supposed to be some squirrels i'm supposed to capture you mentioned that last week I finally got the squirrels yeah so which video was it so there was one particular video I watched because like there has to be a, a way to get these guys easier well where they get it right at the beginning of the game yeah so he- yeah here's what I ended up finding out um there's five four or five squirrels within this part of the world right there's one that you're supposed to get and then the rest you can or can't doesn't matter it's not important and there's nothing to the game that like like, I brought it up to you, where if you don't actually collect all 108, you have a different, you know, storyline versus if you had the uh, yeah. 106, right? Different so there's a different ending. And there's only one out of the five squirrels necessary to be able to, you know, move forward and get that, ish, you know, that going down. Like, the five squirrels don't count towards 108. Only one of them counts towards it. And so the video that uh, I went ahead and, and watched, it pretty much said, go to a town Run really quick to this particular part of the level or the world map, and it'll be there. Like, wait a second, yeah. and the next battle, he's up. And it it basically said that if you went to each individual town and then went directly to that location, you reset where the squirrels move. So the idea is that they're invisibly moving across the whole world, and it's by chance that you get them. But if you quickly run from one particular part of a level or world into that one section where the squirrel's supposed to be waiting, you'll get them every single time. And, dude, I watched countless videos, read countless FAQs, like everything I could to get this done. And this one guy, like, solved everything. It was amazing. So, uh, it's always the last place you look. Kudos to whoever that was. I don't remember the video I watched, but I wish I could call it out. But whoever it is, amazing video. And I am so happy. Uh, Enough about me
1: ranting about Sukunen 2, though. Uh, We got some articles to read. So, in the news today. We've got uh, Telltale Games coming back, sort of. So Telltale got purchased by LCG Entertainment. Now, uh, what that means for the company is that all of their assets that they have, including the Warner Bros. they're still holding on to and their original IPs, those are now owned by a new company that can do whatever they want with them. They can make new games. They can... Become telltale 2.0 or uh you know who knows what's really going to happen with those but what we do know is that it doesn't mean that the studios back and everybody who got laid off last year has their jobs and they're making you know more walking dead or anything like that none of that's going on
0: well and for anybody listening too so lg lcg entertainment is really a holdings company so I don't necessarily, I mean, I don't know enough about it to say, hey, they got a studio and a bunch of stuff going on. I've never heard of them before. Yeah, I'd never heard of them before either. So I don't think it's a situation where you have like an EA purchasing Telltale or whatever it may be. And didn't they come from EA? Who? Telltale. Who were they under before? i don't know we should probably get this information in advance so either way it's not like another studio came out and said we're going to buy telltale all their assets and we're just going to continue on bringing in their old developers and programmers and everything else and continue off different series this is not that case um what i can see potentially occurring is this lcg entertainments company bringing in a bunch of freelance people uh to try and maybe make some games who knows at this point um but for those interested No, Walking Dead is not coming back from Telltale, uh, as far as we know, unless Skybound decides to push it out to a different developer. Uh, Marvel retains the rights of any games, Telltale-wise, that they were creating, and what was the other one again? Uh, It was uh, Minecraft. Minecraft. Minecraft Minecraft goes to Microsoft. The only ones that that we know, you know, big IP-wise, are Wolf Among Us. they still
1: have the licensing with that. Yeah,
0: so Wolf Among Us, and um, God, man... I probably should have remembered this offhand what was the other one ryan help me out oh batman it was the telltale batman
1: series oh yeah that's the warner bros yeah puzzle agent was the other one
0: puzzle agent yeah. i i love puzzle agent it brings me back to old times when i didn't play puzzle agent i've never D- heard of it either. don't shake your- <laughs> yeah don't shake your head okay so uh anything else uh, that we want to note on telltales i mean
1: no it it, you know it was big news last year about what happened to telltale and i think everybody got burned out on it and i don't think just because they got picked up by a new company means that like we said we're not going to get more old telltale games and i don't think anybody wants that hopefully they can do something new and come out with a new gimmick that we can ride for a little while or do something more interesting with the IPs well, that they
0: picked up. I mean, I've been playing ukulele and if you kind of look at what happened there, you had old developers and folks from Rare from that team that went out and created yeah, people, a, a whole new game. People
1: wanted that. Nobody wants another Telltale game but in the Telltale style. Do they
0: potentially want an original IP Cell Shade game that looks yeah, there's lightning behind me and thunder. Um I don't know if that'll come out on the podcast, but we'll find out. So maybe there's a new IP. Not that I would ever play it, but maybe they create a new this, IP. Just that
1: style. I, don't, I think that Telltale was so tied to the style. I think this was just an asset grab. I think that whoever, you know, LCG Entertainment, whatever their plans are, I think that they could do better original works with this IP by require, acquiring Telltale than trying to reinvigorate the Telltale formula, because for me, it's just one of those games and studios that's so synonymous. Like I know From Software has done more than Dark Souls, but to me, and to my exposure, From Software is just the Soulsborne series Not the and Armored, Sekido now and
0: Armored Core.
1: I never played Armored Core.
0: Oh, wow, dude, there's tons of Armored Core games. Yeah, I know there is, but I've never played any of them. Yeah, they have. Oh, that other game that we played, the um. The one of the two characters, and you run side by side.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, they did that one, too. Yeah. They got some really weird IPs in there. uh... But I'm just saying it's it's one of those things I don't think Telltale... They would have to make Telltale their studio and develop something really new and really different to make me think anything but what I already think about them. And I, I don't really think that they need to come back, but... We'll see what happens. Um, if there's enough demand, which would
0: absolutely shock me, you know, I've told you before, I am definitely not a fan of the cel-shaded games. It's like watching cel-shaded anime. It's just stupid. I'm not a fan of it. That, uh, that's the key reason that I don't want to play any Borderlands. Anybody out there can stop listening now. I hate
1: Borderlands. Can I stop listening to you?
0: Yeah, you might want to. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, then in other news, uh, we've got. Fortnite, but really it's an article about epic this was in the uh, new york times by jason bailey so everybody knows about the epic store and their competition with steam this is just there's no more... competition there well it's more talk about that and people are getting uh you know information from a really mainstream source if they're you know logging into new york times and reading this so i think that this is good for more people to become aware of what's going on in the video game industry but to anybody who's been paying attention to epic and the steam store this is just for me it's just telling it to a new audience that maybe doesn't normally get exposure to this because i've already heard a lot of this before
0: well so I guess to give a little background on this, you know, you have Steam, you can purchase your games in there. Everybody knows what the heck it is, right? Epic is pretty much they have their own Epic Game Store. And when I was reading this article, one of the interesting things that came out to me were, well, two of the interesting things were, Steam has a library of well over thirty thousand games. Epic is sitting at like less than a hundred titles within their overall library. Like it's night and day what they're doing. But what they are doing right now to try and build up additional revenue outside of Fortnite. Is They're making offerings of, if you bring your game exclusively to our store, we're going to go ahead and only take 12% of the generated revenue versus well, Steam. They also
1: guarantee sales to cover your costs, so you don't have to hope that you get on Steam and hope that a bunch of asset flip games don't knock you off the front page before you make your money back in that first week.
0: Yeah, so there's a lot of incentive really for um, a it's lot of a these developers really to go deal. through. Yeah, and in the long run like this is great for us as consumers. I mean, we're not stuck with the whole Steam route. Now, what kind of sucks is if you have a bunch of exclusives on Epic and then you got a bunch of exclusives on Steam, but at the same time like
1: you're just it'd be like entering a different website. Yeah, at that point a like new it's just login, It's just a new launcher. Uh, Epic store has a lot of work that they need to do. They have a roadmap laid out and, you know, I'm sure that it'll become a much, much better platform as time goes on and it'll eventually rival steam. And, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, in a year or two down the road, once this is going on. But in the meantime, people are, you know, still upset. Every couple of weeks, we hear about a new game that's going Epic store exclusive. And then there's some big, blowback on that and uh, there was this one developer who tried to get ahead of it a few weeks ago and even trying to communicate with their own audience you know they were met with a bunch of people pushing back because they people don't like the idea of the epic store because they don't want to deal with it i'm not a pc gamer so it doesn't really affect me at all you know i'm i'm happy to see somebody giving steam a run for their money and i hope that it means better for everybody But as of right now, I think that the Epic's tactics of being so aggressive and, you know, they're, we're going to go into this a little bit in the next article too, but, you know, they're going to be pulling Rocket League from Steam, not support for people who already have it, but it's not going to be available to download there anymore. They're definitely pushing their weight around and writing big checks. And I don't think it's all bad. But it should be met with some skepticism. Well, dude, I mean, if you really think of it from the perspective
0: of what was Nintendo without, you know, Sega,
1: and what is Sony without Microsoft? I mean, they yeah, really, that's what he says in the article. Yeah. You know, the competition is is good, and they are doing a better job than Steam is doing
0: yeah so i mean it really just and here's the thing if epic continues to grow and continues to show progress and really uh there's a positive outcome on this it can only be better for those that enjoy steam you know steam's gonna up their game they're gonna give you
1: know hopefully eventually they'll have to as of yeah. right now they're not because it did really still kind of not as important to them for whatever reason because they're still on top even with all of this they're still the number one well yeah and, and we even in this
0: article it's it cited that a lot of v developers will are saying 75 percent of their overall revenue from pc games is coming from steam mm. so you know they're not going anywhere anytime soon but this is more of a you know little player kind of turned big player and really trying to to give steam a run for money or valve really um so we'll see It's interesting, um, you know, how this is shaping out right now, and I definitely want to see how this plays out towards the end of the year, for sure.
1: So, in other epic news, we have uh, Rocket League, and they are dropping their loot box mechanics, and it seems like they're going to trade up for just microtransactions. It's not loot
0: boxes, it's surprise mechanics. Surprise mechanics. You gotta get it right. That's EA. EA has surprise
1: mechanics. It's all surprise mechanics. So, This article goes into uh, an area that I haven't heard talked about, which is like a black market trading for rare and expensive items. Now, it's black market trading because these items, no matter how many loot boxes you buy, they're not supposed to have any actual monetary value because otherwise it would be gambling. So people are illegally trading items for false actual prices
0: dude it says in the hundreds of dollars for some of these items yeah it's certain like things skins. i've heard of
1: i've heard of mounts for world of warcraft oh. that could be really expensive i've heard of you know other online game assets that are you know rare microtransactions could be worth a lot of money i know that this kind of stuff goes on and you don't hear about the black market side of it too often at least i don't but it's Mostly because I don't participate in any of those kind of games anyways because I don't buy loot boxes, but it's it's one of those things where I think that it's going to be good to get away from loot boxes, and I don't think anybody's going to argue that. But if they're just gonna start throwing out like I think they said, you know, the average like for a price of wheels could be like twenty dollars. Yeah. I don't think it's fair to charge people twenty dollars no, 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 for they're, wheels. They're saying that the average no, but price they, online No, but that's what I'm saying. If they get rid of if they get rid of the loot boxes and you can just go in and buy what you want, it's not in their best interest to charge a dollar for everything. And well, if the going rate online is twenty dollars, They've seen what the market is willing to bear, and I think that having a game like this and telling people, okay, no more loot boxes, but you want we want $10 for this cosmetic thing, and I think that it's better that it's transparent and you're getting what you're paying for, but I just don't agree in having to pay money for all that stuff. I mean, uh, there was a big blowback recently with uh, Crash team racing the nitro fuel remake they did yeah it was uh had a great system for getting skins and all that stuff and it launched with no microtransactions or loot boxes or premium currency and then they just said oh well now that it's out we're gonna just you know casually put all that in and ruin the whole system that we made that was actually good enough to get through you know, reviews without having that be mentioned. It was good enough to be, you know, printed on all the labels and sent out without any warning so that they could just edit it in later like snakes. You know,
0: I this is actually the first I've heard of, you know, people not wanting to get rid of loot boxes. But if you kind of think of a reason why, it's more of a selfish reason. You have individuals that are clearly making enough money, but they can afford to purchase random or really gamble on random digital assets within a video game and then sell it third party through, I think they had mentioned like Reddit and other forums that they're yeah. actively using to sell this stuff. It's really interesting though like, I, I didn't get, I don't think I went too deep into like how they do it. You know, how do you transfer that skin from one player to another?
1: I'm sure it's just,
0: uh, there's probably some in game, uh, selling of your account well, or something. Or, or trading system, probably along those lines. And then it's, Hey, we're going to trade some money right now via PayPal or something, and I'll go ahead and send the item over. I mean, I can I can see it. I guess it'd be very similar to if you were selling a World of Warcraft account or selling mounts for, like, you know, extra cash or coins. Not entirely sure, but it's uh, definitely the first time I've heard of people arguing to keep loot boxes. And it, it really brings up uh, that video
1: that you showed me earlier. Um, oh, yeah, Jim Sterling's it, new video on... The new uh, NBA 2K. Yeah, the 2K20, and like the
0: whole thing is just straight up gambling. Yeah,
1: it looks like a Vegas casino ad more than it looks like a basketball game ad.
0: And the excitement that everybody has, like that's also the first time I've ever seen people excited for surprise mechanics slash yeah. loot boxes and gambling. Um, but really, at the end of the day, I mean, we'll see how this plays out in the long run um, for loot boxes. I don't, I think they're going away in general. We've already talked about Nintendo. Sony and Microsoft all kind of coming together that they're going to discuss the odds moving forward, basically lottery tickets for video games. And, uh, you know, we have major developers, game developers in general, just saying we're going to get rid of loot boxes.
1: So, yeah, hopefully we'll see. it's just a few years out from us never having to hear about loot boxes again.
0: Well, if there's any push legislation wise, you know, at least in our country, I don't know about overseas. I think we had talked about this before where.
1: Yeah, there is a couple of countries that have made legislation against these
0: yeah so i think if uh we get some major legislation passed here to get rid of loot boxes there'll probably be another big thing um there's always another thing more season passes and all you know i really miss the days where i could just load up my lion king or aladdin and just
1: play it through with no issues well john you might be able to do that again maybe We'll see. Apparently there's some HD remake possibilities for Lion King and Aladdin. Um, I guess uh, new movies, you know, getting a fresh coat of paint for a franchise means that we should trudge out all these old games that already still look great, but make them HD and available on whatever platform you want. And I think that uh, if they're going to do that, they should probably go back and touch up some, some stuff. I know that, uh, that Lion King game can be pretty brutal at certain points. (laughs) And uh, the Aladdin game is not a super pushover either, but both are, you know, well remembered and, you know, very good looking games from their age. And I think seeing them with a fresh little, you know, revival would be kind of fun. Well, and one of the really cool things about it though, is they're not
0: necessarily just releasing like the Nintendo version on of lion king or aladdin they're actually giving you both within the game itself so you're getting the genesis version which a lot of people like and then you've got the uh super nintendo version which a lot more people like Mm -hmm. and so uh it'll be pretty cool to see those out on you know next gen consoles and and how it reacts with the overall new controllers so anybody out there that uh did not know about that gamestop has pre-orders opening up soon so Dude,
1: this rain is crazy. It is coming down outside something fierce. I have
0: a feeling our whole
1: podcast episode is going to be like coated with thunder and stuff in the back. Well, I've got one last bit of news before we get on tonight's Inflation Deflation Challenge. So for anybody who is watching along with me, cheering on OG as they go on to become the defending back-to-back TI Dota Champions of the World. They did such a good job. It was such a great series. I loved every minute of it this year that I got to watch. Unfortunately, I didn't get to watch very much of it live cuz it was in China, but I think that they really deserved it. You know, they really showed some good some good play out there and it was just a really fun set of matches. It was a really good time. And I can't wait for more Dota. I'm already anxious, but I think I gotta wait till like November for the next uh, big tournament. I can't believe you didn't invite me to your Dota Super Bowl watch. Well, didn't. I didn't end up having one because it was like I I missed the VOD and I just kind of wound up watching it by myself. It was Sunday, right? No, it was. I watched it Monday after work, but it was on Sunday that it was occurring. So yeah, it would have, have been it? at like two in the morning or something. So you made me
0: drive you back and forth around town and then did not invite me to watch Dota with you. I just watched it Monday night by myself. You could have invited me.
1: I know. I was so disappointed. I felt bad riding. about you driving already anyways. Yeah now you can feel worse. Well anyways uh, thanks John for being a friend and uh, thanks OG for uh, can't tell the showing sarcasm. showing everybody how to do some Dota and, and winning. I, I was I've been OG since last year and I'm glad they did it. So Next year, we'll see. Maybe they could go three in a row. Who knows? That would be pretty cool, set, actually. Set up the legacy.
0: so Or dynasty, not legacy, sir. Yeah, at this point. Dota dynasty. Uh, so, our inflation deflation. This week, we played one of my all-time favorite games since I was a kid, and it did not live up to the hype for me in terms of the experience I had as a child. Uh, I am talking about Wayne Gretzky and the NHL PA All-Stars on the Super Nintendo so, Ryan, as you know, my copy that I have is my original Blockbuster copy. has a little silver tags. that says that I'll be charged full price if I uh, open them up and get into the actual card itself. We should probably test it and see if Blockbuster knocks on the door. I mean,
1: I'm sure there's some, uh, some up in Alaska we could still talk to. I think there's one. Yeah, I think there's still one or two up there. I should open it and bring it back and see what they
0: say. We'll have to go up to Alaska. You're getting big trouble yeah either way so this game is a time warner interactive um for the genesis and a sculpted software on the uh, super nintendo no, that's
1: who developed it but although time warner published the game yeah in general so
0: that's interesting that they yeah, published I it seen that yeah before. so i'm surprised you had sculpted software on there
1: but i guess they were part of it on the super nintendo which you know makes sense well, and that's the thing, This uh, so this game released back in December of 95, and it had fairly good reviews, but mostly for the Genesis version. People said that the, they didn't have very good things to say on uh, what I read on Wikipedia. It was uh, IGN, and they weren't very happy with the Wayne Gretzky. They didn't think that... Well, clearly Nintendo didn't pay them enough money. Well, they didn't think that it controlled very well and they thought that the sprites looked really good but they just kind of seemed like they were floating on the ice not really skating on the ice i don't know i thought i thought the game was a little bit challenging to get the hang of the controls at first but by the end of the second game i felt like i was way more in control of my characters and i could see if I was a kid and I was going to spend all day playing this with my friends, I could see getting really competitive and good at this game. Well, and
0: that's really how I was as a kid. And there's actually a whole tournament mode on there that we didn't go through, um, but it has like a full blown tournament where all of the teams are stacked in like a bracket and yeah. you can go through. It. As far as I remember, I, I didn't get a chance to look at that tonight. But dude, I played this game a lot as a kid. And uh, seeing is where. I used to live. I have my team that's still on there, so I played them against you tonight, and um,
1: definitely uh, kicked your ass. Yeah, yep. Yeah, I got, I got two o pretty hard. So this game, let's uh, let's get down to it here. So Wayne Gretzky and the NHLPA All Stars for Super Nintendo. This is going loose four seventy eight and that's uh that's down from uh 575 peaking in may of this year and it's still trending down just slightly stonks are down pick up now now if you're looking for a complete inbox copy you might as well it's going 840 it peaked at uh 20 and that was a flat 20 peak from july to december of 2015 and i think it's because this game doesn't really trade very much you've got this is a loose two sales a month and complete five sales per year. So, you're there's definitely some being moved, but not not any kind of real volume. I'm guessing there's just not a lot of demand for this kind of game. Sports games, I would imagine, don't have a high collectability for people. I mean, they're usually bargain games. Well, it really depends on what you're
0: looking at. So, some sports games on the Super Nintendo and and I guess Nintendo. Um, or uses donor cards for repros. Mm-hmm. So, or, you know, like l- new games that people make. So, really, those are the only sports games I ever see to go for a decent amount. And that's only because they're used as repros. Yeah. Uh, other sports games, yeah, you're right, man. They're always like a buck, $2, depending on where you go. This game, I'm actually even surprised that it's sitting at $478. Uh, I love the game, but, you know, 478 in my mind, for a sports game on a Super Nintendo is still kind of
1: high. Now, is uh, as a collector, do you like getting boxes for Super Nintendo games, or does it just kind of add too much bulk? Like, if you're going to get a game like this, it's a sports game, so it's already really not that value to you. Like, you're not... I mean, this one's different because you actually played this one liked it, but if you had the chance to pick up a game... For these prices, do you think that extra few bucks, just for the nicer presentation, if it's a good box, makes it worth being more collectible than just another loose hockey game?
0: Well, I'm not really a a
1: box collector, per se. I Mm -hmm. mean, I do
0: have some complete-in-box titles, like, up there. I've got, like, Castlevania and Zelda and Batman and a couple others. But I try to... It's kind of weird, like cart-based games, like Nintendo and Super Nintendo. Um, outside of Genesis, I don't pick up the boxes because they fall apart so easily, uh-huh. and are just harder to find, like in great condition. You're paying a, a heavy premium <clears throat> for that. Versus a Genesis, it's a you know a clamshell and a slipcover inside. I would much rather if I would much rather pick up a uh, complete in box Genesis version of this than I would, you know, Super Nintendo.
1: So it's just the the delicate nature and the likelihood that you're not really gonna get that extra value out of buying it. Well, I mean, I'm not really necessarily looking
0: at a value all the time. So, yeah, there's some value in in picking up complete in box copies of disc based games and, and Genesis title. And really any game, uh complete in box is is gonna be of higher value. Um but for me on a collecting standpoint, I don't like to collect boxes for mm. SNES and Nintendo. There's a lot of people that do. It's just not my thing. To your point, it's bulky, and uh, I would much rather collect Complete in-box Genesis. I think they present a hell of a lot better uh, than Box Nintendo, and you got to also consider, man, you have Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and N64, which I collect games for all three of those consoles, at least my favorite games, and um, it's just way too many boxes. Yeah. So...
1: Well, uh, if you're looking to get this game, you can actually get it pretty cheap. You could get it for a buck fifty-seven. That's the uh, PAL Sega Mega Drive version. And if you're real pricey like John, you can get that uh, complete inbox box for the Genesis around nine fifty. So, John, you're gonna say four seventy-eight. You're saying this is inflated for under five. This is inflated. Yeah,
0: I mean, it, it really depends on what you're looking to do. Are there better sports games out there? I'm sure. Um, this one, and it's kind of surprising, I'd say, this is inflated, too, because that's literally my copy from my first Super Nintendo as a kid. So that's been sitting around for... Well, and you
1: would have paid 5 bucks to rent it for a week back in the day.
0: Well, yeah, and I kept it. So obviously, I paid more than $5. I probably paid around the 40 $50 range at that point in time. So yeah uh i but would say, older and
1: wiser and more
0: frugal john says no holder and wiser frugal john says uh paying 478 is just too high um i would say three bucks three bucks i would say three bucks if you can find it for three dollars pick it up i think that if you like
1: hockey yeah i think that it was a fun game i would definitely play this game again i'm the one who suggested it just because i wanted to see I just don't have a lot of memories of playing these kind of games so I really wanted to get out and try something uh, and I think that I think that I enjoyed it a lot and I'm gonna say John knows better than me at this point so I'd be willing to say that John's right on this one five bucks well it doesn't seem like a lot. I don't know that you're going to get a whole lot of value, maybe if you're a big hockey person. Well, the game is, I mean, it's aged really
0: well. I i really do like the controls in this game. I clearly kicked your ass nice and clean in this, in this one. Um, but at the end of the day, when you are playing with Denver and Hartford and all these other teams that it's like, teams that aren't even in the league anymore are on there, it's just not the same, man. Like if I want to play as, you know, the Florida Panthers, it's Lissa's Florida. Or if I want to play as the Colorado Avalanche, there's no Colorado Avalanche right there. Mm-hmm. It's it's Denver. Yeah. So, yeah, that's it's, it's definitely aged. a time and a place. Yeah, and you know, it does say NHLPA, so I think that's um, there that might not be National Hockey League Players Association. It might be something else, which is why you have like some of the national teams on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's. It's a cool game. It's fun. I would definitely play it some more. and uh, But it's not one that I can honestly say that I would sit back and play the hell out of it right now. Go through the full tournament and just like say, yeah, I just beat the sports game. Like That's what I did as a kid. Like I, I enjoyed it. But older, wiser John is not going to sit there and play hours upon hours of, you know, hockey, Wayne Gretzky hockey on a Super Nintendo or Genesis. So $3 each of us. Yep. We're calling, so we're calling this game inflated. inflated.
1: Yep. What do we got uh next week, sir? So uh next week we're going to go take a walk on the wild side and we're going to go Streets of Rage. And uh you know, it seems like it seems like we keep gravitating back towards these brawlers, but it's it's fun to do some multiplayer stuff, you know, where we get to be on a team instead of being adversaries. And uh, we still let our fists do the talking, though. Dude, I
0: love Streets of Rage a lot, which is why that was my suggestion this week. I haven't that's really true. played you, it very much. Well, you got last week's suggestion, so I had to pull one up, and um, I think you'll like this one. Yes.
1: Yeah. I've uh, heard a lot about it. I forgot what the price point is on this one. Well, we'll talk about that more next week, John. We will? Yeah, so that's going to do it for uh, episode 43 of the Game Deflators podcast. I'm Ryan. And I am
0: John. We reversed that this week. Yeah, we did. And we are the The Game Deflators. Deflators.